Raising Unicorns! Hi everybody, welcome back to the Raising Unicorns podcast. Today, I have, I think for the first time ever in the history of the podcast, yeah. Mr. Daniel Spencer. It's time to chat with a legend. That's legendary. Dan uh, is one of our team members here, but what most people don't know about Harm Brothers, who follow Harm Brothers social media, is Dan is actually a powerhouse of his own on his own channels on both TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. I'll let him tell a little bit about his channel and what he's done and how it kind of gives him insights to like kind of what we do at Harmon Brothers. Yeah. So uh, first of all, I'm from Zimbabwe. If you're hearing the accent, that's that's where I'm from. That's why he talks funny. That's why I talk funny. <laughs> <laughs> you're different. That's I'm funny. <laughs> you're so foreign. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I do have a social media following. I have 1.7 million followers on TikTok. I have I just hit a thousand a hundred and ten K on nice. Instagram today. Yeah, I've basically been doing this for years now. I started on TikTok when TikTok first got moved from musically to TikTok. Since then I've kind of gone viral multiple different times, been featured in uh Variety magazine, on BuzzFeed and multiple different news sources. Uh E News was like a crazy one with this I had a cake video that went viral. Since then I've just kind of been going viral every now and then, just whenever I feel like it. I'm just like today's a viral <laughs> just whenever day. I feel like it, dude. Uh, I'm like this one doesn't feel like it. Not today. <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> but whenever I get the inspiration. And it, it's really nice to have fans. And yeah, I, that's my little spiel. So one of the things I think would be helpful for our audience, because mostly our audience is entrepreneurs or marketers who are yeah. trying to understand the landscape. And so like Harmon Brothers, our traditional model is to do paid media spend at the top of funnel yep. um, on usually channels like, you know, uh, we've done dabbled in a little bit of TikTok content, but mostly meta, so Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. And so we haven't really dabbled in creator components of our campaigns. We've had a handful here and there. Yeah. So I thought it'd be really helpful to have Dan on to bring his expertise because he has done many brand deals on his channel and he's been in the space and the negotiating and kind of understanding where his value is and what he can do for brands. And I thought it'd be really helpful to bring him in and talk a little bit about what that's like for brands who are looking to work with an influencer or work with a content creator. So Dan, you've done lots of deals over time. Yes. Both in the Utah mom, mommy blogger slash influencer group, yep. as well as like with uh, Dan Bam Bam of like with your following you've built up, like it's far exceeded what that was back in the day. And like you, so you've seen all sorts of different shapes and sizes of brand deals. So talk me through like if I'm a brand, so say I'm like, say I'm a supplement company, say my, my, yep. my product is an energy supplement. Say it's a pre-workout. Yep. And I say, Dan, I like your energy. I like your like stuff. I reached out to you. What does the deal partnership look like? What would you, how would you handle that? And how would you structure that deal with um, the company for doing some content for them? Well, I definitely think it depends on how much interaction I'm getting. Like if I know I'm like killing it on social media, then I know that my value immediately goes up more because I'm suddenly more engaging. I'm suddenly, my audience is more engaged in general. Usually kind of how I've approached it, or at least I've been taught to approach it because I've handled most of my own brand deals by myself. And the way that I've usually structured it is that if my, I, it depends on the platform. If they're having me go cross platform, you know, my TikTok, my Instagram, my Facebook, my YouTube, there's obviously a lot more value there. Mm -hmm. If they are wanting a, one of, let's say one of my lesser platforms like Facebook or just YouTube, 
where like I have like 20,000, 30,000 followers, then I'll probably like drop down the price and be like, okay, clearly you're not wanting to engage with something like this. But at the same time, I also then go back to my audience and depending on how my audience looks to their particular brand or how it relates to their particular brand, Mm -hmm. I'll oftentimes also structure it in that way and saying, I'm adding a lot more value because I've already targeted this particular audience that you desperately want. And so I'm going to give you XYZ this video, whatever it is, a set amount of videos for you so that you can advertise, you can post it. And it also sometimes I've had interesting brand deals where a lot of people have come to me as like, we want to just post it on our page specifically. We don't want to featuring post you in the video. Yes, right? exactly. You as a content creator. And in those situations that can probably like drop down the price at times because I'm like, okay, well, again, they're not really using my audience. Yeah. That's them just trying to be like, using me for clout essentially like you know this guy from tiktok exactly previously that used to be an issue now it's more of uh again the price goes back up because now collaboration is such a big thing especially on instagram you can cross uh collaborate with different people and obviously you'll show up on all my followers pages if we do that so it's been very interesting to kind of see how the landscape has changed over time and how i've had to kind of adapt but the same principles kind of stay the same are you wanting to use my following Are you wanting a large amount of engagement? Are you wanting to make sure that your brand is seen and heard? So it sounds like your like first step is just like what scope is this? Like yes, what's yeah. your what type of engagement are you wanting to have exactly. with me on these different variables, whether it's my audience and like level of involvement? What if a client comes to you with an idea and they approach you with this concept, right? Yeah. How do you handle it when they come to you with an idea like kind of already pre-developed? I think it has to depend on how I mean, obviously that's a, a more catered situation if they're watching my proactively watching my videos and being like we want to make sure that uh we're sticking within your brand so here you go we want you to just kind of recreate the video that you've been making well it's just a better like approach in general Mm -hmm. a lot of the time they will approach me i've had been approached by multiple brands on many occasions who honestly don't do that they don't try to even kind of know who i am yeah or they don't or your audience or my audience like and understand like what my audience is like if you're not proactively going to a creator and and checking out their page checking out their comment sections seeing what the kind of really engaging content that they can the or the creating the kind of engaging content that they can actually make for you Mm -hmm. it's always felt weird every time i go into one of those meetings it's always just bad (laughs) that's that's the only way that's the only way to say it it's It's just just not good no it's just horrible it's just horrible like again you can approach a creator and try to uh, try to in some way collaborate in a way that is smooth at uh, relates to the audience that actually benefits the creator in their creator's voice i guess Mm -hmm. that's going to benefit you because people will honestly be like well very clearly you can see the time and care that the creator's taken and that the brand's taken to let the creator do what they think and feel is best for the video. Honestly, again, I've actually had like people comment like this is bad in some of the brand videos where they've been like, again, when it feels more forced. Because there's been times, obviously, where I'm just poor and I need to take a brand deal, so I'm gonna <laughs> do it, right? Dale's like, no, 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 I'm above that now. <laughs> I'm above that now. But it's genuinely like a, a, a concerning thing where people started commenting on one of those particular videos like, hey, this is like bad. Like this kind of ruined the whole thing for me. And then that's hurting me as a creator because suddenly people think I've sold out. And so obviously immediately I talked to the brand and was like, I need to take this down. I redid the video Mm -hmm. in my own voice, entirely different engagement. 
suddenly people were like, this is so much better. We love this. This is fantastic. It was just such an interesting situation to be in where I was like, oh, people don't like when I just post an ad video. I thought it wasn't even going to kind of affect me in any way. Right. It was but it directly be. affected me. And I was like, wow, okay, so I need to be careful about the kind of brand deals that I'm taking. I also need to be careful about the kind of voice that I have within these brand deals themselves in general. So what I'm hearing is that pre-qualifying someone, a content creator that like pairs well with their audience and with the type of content they do is a great first step yes. for people who are out there looking for this, these type of content deals. And then also be willing to let the content creator like tell them tell the brand a little bit more about like their audience and how it should influence the content. Exactly. Oftentimes you can even if you're catering really closely to what the brand's audience is, it's still not the brand's audience. It's yeah. the creator's audience exactly. and they know them way better than the brand thinks they do. Yes, yeah. And they can help them leverage that more because yeah. they know their audience and what they respond to and what they dislike, right? Exactly. Well, and that's the weird thing that I feel like brands are missing out on. Like you open TikTok to ads every single time. And every single time I just skip through them because they oftentimes don't engage with me mm -hmm. as much. And it's purely because it feels either forced or it feels lackluster. Mm -hmm. Like it feels like they just, uh, again, either the creator didn't care or the brand didn't care enough to actually find a creator that was like, proactively point or like pointing them into the direction of like here is my particular audience and this is the type of person that I want to engage with mm -hmm. gain a and this is the from. type of content that they're gonna just love exactly exactly yeah uh, most of the time I'm just bored it's yeah. like okay <laughs> this is so yeah just it's just, vanilla. So, it's just yeah exactly and so I don't know there's something to also just being able to let a creator kind of have their fun and not have to worry again if a, if a creator is like presenting a video that's just horrible why would you even like try as a brand to like even even try and pair up with someone like that as yeah. well you know I, I feel like there are multiple creators out there that i know that would kill a brand deal but have yet to even like have one and i think that's an interesting thing about tiktok as a platform because we've i don't want to say we've struggled because we really haven't focused in on our our time and focus on on what we do and the type of premium content that we create yes yeah but I feel like TikTok as a platform is like it's it's like if you don't fit into this like I would say authentic feel. Yes. You struggle. Yes. Because all yeah. the all the stuff that we've had some of our clients of like, hey, we want to take this content we did for Instagram that was very polished and put it on here has not performed great. There's only a yes, handful yeah. of instances where they're really engaging and just like really arresting stuff that's performed well. Yeah. And. I feel like it's a tough bar to always go over that threshold. And so I think it's that the authenticity of that's why creators have done so well on there is because it's like they're making like for every one brand deal, they're making like 40 videos that are just like them being content creators, making funny crap that makes yes, people yeah. laugh, makes people like engages them on some level, yeah. makes them think. So anyway, I think that's an interesting thing about the TikTok platform as a whole, because it's so diametrically different it's than yeah. YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. And it feels like it's ever changing. Like it just oh, yeah. constantly in its own realm and in its own space where Instagram, like you said, Instagram, can, you can post a more polished video on Instagram and have it feel more. It feels it feels like it's at home. Exactly. It There's, feels like it's in its right place. Yeah. TikTok at times it can, again, you talk about like feeling unnatural. Sometimes creators will go above and beyond for a brand because they want to work with the brand again. They mm -hmm. want to do stuff the right way. Oftentimes you'll see 
people not engage with it because it's just too well produced in some instances. Yeah. And that's an interesting, I don't know, a kind of a, I don't know what you would call it. I, I the, the way I've described it is it's your condition, it's content conditioning for the platforms because they might see the exact same thing because there's lots of creators that I follow that are on multiple platforms. Yeah. And for some reason, if I saw something on TikTok that was super polished, I'd be like, eh. and I could see the same piece of content on YouTube yeah. and be like, oh, I didn't know they did this stuff. And I would <laughs> yeah. watch it. Yeah. It's weird. Like yeah. it, it's like your, your mind gets into a different space based on the content that you're watching in that platform. So Daniel, I think it would be really helpful for like people who are in the entrepreneurial space or small business space or marketers themselves who are looking to maybe bring in a, a creator as part of like a package or yeah. a component of a campaign to understand like what's the range that it looks like for working with a creator. You don't have to speak to like specifics on yours, but like what's a good rule of thumb yeah. that they can uh, think about in terms of like pricing? Like, can I even engage with a creator? And if I, yeah. and if I can, what, what like kind of scale can I engage with them on? Yeah. So I, I think I, I am going to actually just use my TikTok as like an example, uh, just mainly because, uh, in case you want to use Dan, in case you want to use me, he is uh, ready and willing. A lot of the time, at least what I had been told, especially by other influencers is I have 1.7 million followers. If I'm doing really well in terms of engagement on my TikTok at the time as well, I feel like a fair price in general is somewhere anywhere between, I'm going to say about 30K to about 40K for a brand deal. Uh, for someone I, that has like a following your site. Yes. If you're, asking, if you're asking for something like one video that I can just post on anything, sure. I, you, know, you can drop it down to maybe like 20K uh, at that point. But at the same time, I still feel like, again, what you're asking for, and especially right now with the ad campaign options that you have on TikTok and Reels to be able mm -hmm. to kind of post out to that person's uh, following for 30 days or whatever it is, I feel like a fair price is probably about 40K. For me, it comes down to what am I giving a brand in general and what am I offering them? And I know for a fact that I can at least offer them at least 40,000 views of 40,000 viewers. So anything that you want to do with like that type of like engagement is worthwhile in the long run, in my mind of like, yeah, this is fine. This is fair. It feels okay. So like, like, so say someone doesn't have 40 K in their marketing budget, especially to go like pay DM. But if you do, damn makes great stuff. What would they expect to pay for someone like 40,000 followers and say it's like on Instagram? I think you know it's I mean? easy to get, you know, two, three K. Yeah. That's what I would charge. Honest, uh, again, a smaller following is something that's another interesting part of especially Instagram, because mm -hmm. a lot of the time influencers who have large followings on TikTok will oftentimes have smaller followings on Instagram, mm. but they're more hyper focused. Right. And so the benefit is niche to whatever their content exactly. is. Exactly. But again, it's also limited to the amount of eyes that you're going to get onto that particular video uh, because you're not going to get as much engagement. There's oftentimes bots that you're also dealing with. So I'd say about 2K, 3K. Yeah. I think that's a fair price. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Daniel, for being on your maiden voyage on the podcast. Yes. Thank you for watching Raising Unicorns. Subscribe now.